Spring is in full swing and summer is just around the corner. A great time for a beach getaway at the Oceanfront Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Enjoy the best of oceanfront accommodations and amazing dining right on the beach, both with great views of the ocean and boardwalk. Enjoy a soak in the heated indoor spa pool or book the adults-only concierge level and relax in the rooftop hot tubs. Book online at boardwalkplaza.com or call 800-33 beach thanks to the boardwalk plaza for being the bridge podcast network sponsor story jumpers welcome to another episode of your favorite storytelling podcast are you ready to hear a great story of course that's why you're a story jumper it's the first day of woodland school and little mole is worried because he does not have hair's ears or squirrel's sharp eyesight but When he and his friends are trapped in a collapsed tunnel, it's Little Mole who knows what to do. Enjoy this reading of Little Mole Goes to School by Glennis Nellist. This is Little Mole Goes to School, written by me, Glennis Nellist, illustrated by Sally Garland, and published by Beaming Books. It was Little Mole's first day of school, but Little Mole was worried. Little Mole, whatever is wrong? asked Mamma, as they made their way along the winding path that led to Woodland School. Oh, Mamma, said Little Mole, I don't think I want to go to school. I don't know my alphabet, and what if I can't see and hear the teacher very well? You know that we moles don't have good eyesight and were not very good at hearing either. Oh, little mole, said Mamma kindly, lots of your friends won't know their alphabet. That's why everyone goes to school, to learn. And it will help a little if you sit near the front. I know you'll do your best, like you always do. At the school gate, Mama gave Little Mole a big hug and blew him a kiss goodbye as he slowly shuffled inside. Good morning, Little Mole, Mrs Badger said with a smile. Welcome to Woodland School. Little Mole slid into a seat and looked around. The classroom was bright and cheery. Little Mole smiled nervously at his friends. There, in the back row was Little Hare. His ears were huge. He was so good at hearing. I wish I had ears like that, thought Little Mole. Sitting next to Little Hare was Little Squirrel, who had amazing eyesight. She was so good at seeing things. I wish I had eyes like that, thought Little Mole. And right in the middle, already singing the ABCs in a lovely voice, was Little Lark. She was so good at singing. I wish I could sing the alphabet like that, thought Little Mole. All morning, Little Mole had to strain his little ears to hear what his teacher said. And all morning, he had to squint carefully to see the alphabet chart. Little Mole tried his best, but he was so glad when it was time for recess. 
All the animals headed out onto the playground. Little Mole was about to start swinging when he saw Little Squirrel running in circles near the base of a big old tree. Check this out! Little Squirrel called excitedly. I found a secret tunnel! Little Mole, Little Hare and Little Lark hurried over and peered inside the dark tunnel. Shall we see where it goes? Little Hare asked. All the friends nodded and tiptoed inside. Wow! said Little Mole. This is awesome! I wonder who lived here. But just as they were about to leave, the tunnel behind them collapsed. The four friends were trapped. We need help! cried Little Hare. I can't dig! cried Little Lark. It's so dark! cried Little Squirrel. But Little Mole had no problem seeing in the dark. And he could dig. He looked at his paws. They were as big as shovels. Don't be afraid, he said, as Little Lark began to cry. I'll have us all out of here in no time. Follow me. Little Mole dug furiously to make a new tunnel. Little Squirrel used her sharp eyes to look for signs of daylight. Little Hare used his big ears to listen for the sounds of the playground. And Little Lark stopped crying and used her lovely voice to teach her friends the alphabet song to help keep them calm. In no time at all, the four friends clambered out of the tunnel. Little Mole, said Little Lark, thank you so much for rescuing us. You are so good at digging. Little Mole beamed. Thanks, he said shyly. We all used what we're good at to help each other. When school was over, Little Mole rushed out and gave his mamma a huge hug. <gasps> mamma, I love school, he said excitedly. I'm learning my alphabet, I made some new friends, and guess what? We're all good at different things. Mamma smiled. Oh, Little Mole, I'm so glad you had a good day. Paw in paw, Mamma and Little Mole sang and skipped all the way home. He couldn't wait to go back to school tomorrow. Hey, Story Jumpers, what a fun, incredible first day of school for Little Mole. I'm actually joined by the author right now, Glennis Nellis. Hey, Glennis, how are you? I'm fine, thanks, Andrew, and I'm thrilled to be back. Well, I have really enjoyed reading Little Mole Goes to School, and I'm sure that, you know, the Story Jumpers listeners enjoyed it as well. But you have an interesting backstory yourself. Before we get into Little Mole, you've got kind of a, an accent, Glennis. <laughs> I do, Andrew, and I'm sure that all our little friends will notice that too. If you can't, um, well, if you haven't heard someone talk like me before, it's because I wasn't born here in the United States. I was born in, maybe you can guess, I don't know, a little country way over the Atlantic Ocean. It's called England. 
And that's where I was born. That's where I went to school. That's where I grew up. And I lived there actually until 20 years ago. And then my husband and I moved. We flew all the way over that ocean. And now I live in Michigan. But that's why I sound different. <laughs> well, I love it. I think it sounds great. Um, I've just got a normal American accent, so nothing special there, I guess. <laughs> Your accent sounds nice to me, too. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, can you tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up in Northern England? Sure. Well, in England, it kind of rains a lot. It's a beautiful country. It's very green. There's lots of trees, but it, um, it does rain a lot, but that keeps the, the country green. And I grew up in a place near Manchester, that's in Northern England, as you said. And so going, if you lived in England and you went to school in England, you would start school later. In England, um, children start school at nine o'clock. Um, and I know that our little American friends start school earlier, so you might Much like that. You, yeah, you get to lie <laughs> in bed a little longer. Yeah, and the other difference about growing up and going to school in England is that all the English, the British school children, they wear a uniform. All the schools, it doesn't matter which kind you attend, everybody wears a uniform, so everybody looks the same. Um, and so when we moved to America, and we had four young children, and they were thrilled because they didn't have to wear a school uniform. <laughs> Yeah, I can recall growing up, I did not have to wear a uniform to school. Um, but now I have found that some schools are actually turning to that. And it helps because everybody wears the same thing. You don't have to, you know, worry about if you if you look better than someone else or if, if you know, you might feel that you don't ma match up or you don't have the quality clothes someone else does. Everybody's on the same level. I think it actually kind of helps. Yes, I agree with you, Andrew, because, yeah, then you're not worried about, oh, I haven't got the latest sneakers like my friend has, you know. So I do think it has advantages. And in a way, it reminds me of Little Mole when he went to school in the book and he was comparing himself to all the other friends and thinking, am I, you know, am I good? Am I good at something like they are? And so, yeah, I think it's good when kids wear a uniform, and I think it's good when kids discover that we're all good at something. Yes, I agree. Well, speaking of Little Mole, what actually inspired the story Little Mole Goes to School? Well, this book is the third one in the Little Mole series. The first one is called Little Mole Finds Hope, and that's just a story about him He's feeling a bit sad, Andrew, because he lives in the dark and he doesn't quite know why he's sad. But his mama helps him to find hope. So that was the first book. And then the second book was a Christmas one. It was called Little Mole's Christmas Gift. And in that book, Little Mole, um, it's really a story about being kind. He, he wants to buy, he wants to not buy, he wants to pluck a big old mushroom for his mama and it's huge and he wants to wrap it up and give it to her. But on his way back to the burrow, he finds several little friends who might need pieces of that mushroom. And so he, he decides to be kind and share. So 
this book, Little Mole Goes to School, I just thought, well, our little mole is growing up. He's learning to um, find hope in the world. He's, be, he's a kind little fellow. What's he going to be like when he goes to school? Because in a way, he's a little bit nervous, you know, and he's worried about different things. And so I thought, let's have little mole grow up a bit and start school and see what kindergarten is like. Yeah, it can be nerve-wracking. And we see that through little mole. He's pretty nervous at first. Like you said, he compares himself to the other kids in his class. Um, let's see, there was little hare, there was little squirrel, and there was little lark. And um, as they showed in the story, they each had some of their own special gifts or talents or abilities. And little mole felt so left out. Um, I'll bet that you learned a lot about moles and hares and larks and squirrels when you were writing this book. What are some of the neat things that you discovered about those, those critters when you were writing this book? <laughs> oh, I did. I loved um, researching about these little creatures. Well, I learned, maybe I can just share one thing I learned about each one that, that was very interesting that we put in the back of the book. So first of all, um, moles, the, do, do you know their favorite food is worms? I bet all your uh. listeners, yeah, I bet all your listeners know that. Not gummy worms, regular, <laughs> regular, real squirming worms. <laughs> and, oh, yuck. Yeah, but not just that, but I learned that what they do under the ground, they have little rooms, and one of them is like a kitchen, and they pile all the worms up in a big pile and save them there for a snack. <laughs> no kidding wow yeah yeah and then squirrels i learned this about squirrels andrew have you ever seen a squirrel like when it's holding an acorn and it might rub it looks like it's rubbing its face on the on yes the i have seen that yes yeah, yes i've watched them do that too well i didn't know why but it's because you know squirrels they get the acorns and they bury them don't they so that yes. they have food in the winter. Well, but how do they know which one is theirs? Well, that's why they rub their face on it because it puts some of their scent, some of their smell onto ah. the acorn. Yeah, it covers the acorn with their own special smell. And then when they go digging for it, they can smell it out because they know which one belongs to them. You know, I thought he was always just sort of giving it a little kiss and saying, <laughs> I'll see you in the winter. Oh, I can't wait to see you again. You're my most prized acorn. You know, and just one more little hug and kiss before he put, put it away. But now that makes more sense that he's putting a little scent on it so he can find it. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> but maybe, maybe they do that too. That's cute to think about. <laughs> and then I learned that lark, now a lark is a little bird and they, they're really good at singing. But the interesting thing about larks is that they sing while they're flying and their songs can last for up to one hour. Wow. Yeah. Isn't wow. that amazing? They don't get out of breath when they're both flying and singing? Apparently not. But isn't that, that is a so wonderful cool. thing? Yeah. And then what about <laughs> hares? Oh, yeah. So hares, everybody probably knows that hares are like rabbits, but they're big. They're big mm. and they have big ears. And so I knew that hares were very good at listening. But did you know that their ears can swivel around in all directions to listen for no. danger? 
No, I didn't know that either. That is really neat. They've got like radar dishes on top of their heads. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they do. It's amazing to see uh, what God has put together in animals all around us, you know, to just equip them with just the special things they need to survive and not only survive, but to thrive in the environment in which they live. He really has done a, a marvelous job crafting all of that together. That is so true. All these little creatures when you, you know, you just think they're running around or, you know, talking to acorns or whatever. But, <laughs> but, but it, it's true. It's the way God designed them, that they all have um, different skills, gifts, whatever, things they're good at so that they can live in God's wonderful world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's really neat, I'll tell you. And um, while I was enjoying the story of, of Little Mole, my little heart was broken because he just felt like he was so far behind everybody else. Yeah. And, um, and you can see it in the beautiful illustrations. It really captures his emotions. Everyone else is having a wonderful first day, and he is just down in the dumps. And then, you know, they have that tragic event really and they get trapped and little mole is the one who gives them the you know the one special talent that can help them to get out of there which was really cool to see i know i know that's my favorite part too and i'm so glad that little mole had a good first day and he learned that he is good at something mm -hmm. you know he hasn't got hairs big ears and he hasn't got squirrels fabulous eyesight and he can't sing like Little Lark, but he he can dig. Yes, yes. God, God made Little Mole good at digging, and really it is Little Mole who saves the day in the book. He really did. He really did. I wonder, it's been a long time since I had a first day of school, and I think about my children's first day of school, and, you know, it was fun, but it was also kind of nervous. It was something that was exciting because it was new, um, but I didn't you know, know all of the people that I was going to meet, and my children didn't know all the people they were going to meet. And I had a lot of worries built up in my mind about yeah. what was I going to experience or how was the day going to go, and would I be okay without my mom or dad there with me the whole day? Mm -hmm. What do you think, Glennis, for some of our friends, are some practical things that they – can do, or maybe their parents can help out to get prepared for their first day of school? Well, I think, Andrew, first of all, a very simple but important thing is just talk about it. Talk about it with your parents, with the adults in your life, your grandparents or um, any other adult that you live with. Talk about it and tell them your fears because do you know what? Like you were just saying, Andrew, it's a long time since we went to school, but we still remember that it was, it was hard because we didn't quite know what was going to happen. So I think, first of all, talk about it with whoever you can, your friends, because I, you know what, when you, I bet if you talk to your friends, they'll say, oh yeah, I feel like that too. So it's good to know that it's perfectly normal to feel a little bit scared about starting school. So that's the first thing talk about what you're afraid of and then maybe ask the adult in your life 
can you walk to school together to check the, the walk if you're walking to school so that you can be um, you'll know what to expect where the school is or if you're going to ride the bus maybe the adult in your life could um, drive that route so that you can see where your school is maybe you could even contact your teacher the teacher that's going to be um, taking care of you and talk to them first about what school's going to be like. Another good thing you could do, which my grandchildren do, is they they make up, they get a sheet of paper and a pencil and a ruler and they make their own little countdown calendar. Oh. Yeah, to when the first day of school is so they can cross off the days. And all those little things, it will just help you, I think, to be more sort of in control and feel better about when school starts and mm -hmm. where it is and what it might be like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, another good one, and um, my wife tells our kids this all the time, uh, get ready the night before. Oh, yeah. So pack those book bags, pick out what lunch you want to take. Yeah. Or, you know, get your cl clothes laid out if you have clothes that you can pick or your uniform, make sure it's all ready. There's nothing worse, even for me, on a busy day when I'm starting something new, to have to like look around for a clean shirt or look around and make sure my, where are my shoes? I know I put them by the door, but now where have they gone? And <laughs> just to eliminate those, those headaches or those problems on that very first day of school. Yeah, well, that, that is a very good tip, Andrew, because yeah, if you wake up and you know you're ready, that's one less thing to worry about. Yes, yes. I know that this book uh, is coming out at a time when many kids are going back to school. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, this episode should probably be coming out around the time that school begins. Kids all across the country begin at different times. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever met a, a child that goes to school at 9 a.m., but that's great in England. <laughs> we need to talk to them about that here. <laughs> I know it was hard for my children when we came. They couldn't get up early enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty early. It's pretty early. <laughs> yeah. But I hope that kids will find this story and enjoy it uh, before heading back to school. And I hope even if they've started school, when they first hear this episode, that they will find the courage to continue to you know, talk to their friends when they're fearful, compare their strengths so that they can all build a better team together to get through whatever they have to face. Yeah. Um, there's just some really fun stuff in this story. And I really appreciate you sharing it with the story jumpers. Oh, you're welcome, Andrew. And I think what you just said about being a team together, that reminds me a little bit, you know, in the Bible where it says we're all part of the body of Christ, like we're all one team who works together, like... I'm good at writing, you're good at doing your Story Jumpers podcast. Sally Garland, she did the pictures in the book, she's good at drawing. And together, then we make a good team. And that's just what children will find out in the story too, that all little mole's friends, they work together to solve a problem. So teamwork is great. Yes, it is. Well, Glennis, thank you so much for joining us again. I really hope you keep bringing us new little mole stories or other stories that you're working on. And, uh, you know, keep us, keep us alerted to anything that you've got going on, okay? Oh, I will. Thank you so much, Andrew.
parents. Glennis Nellist is author of multiple children's books, including Twas the Evening of Christmas, which was featured in another episode of Story Jumpers. She also wrote Little Mole Finds Hope and the popular series Love Letters from God and Snuggle Time. Glennis Nellist was born and raised in a little village in northern England. Her writing reflects a deep passion for helping children discover joy in the world. Little Mole Goes to School also includes a brief section on helping a child who is anxious about starting school by Andrew Gladstone Highland, LMSW child and family therapist. Sally Gardner was the illustrator of the book, and she did a beautiful job with these images. The book is published by Beaming Books. You can learn more about Glennis Nellist's books at glennisnellist.com.